This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Have you ever been diagnosed with a serious illness? Uh, here's a video I want you to watch that uh, describes uh, a condition I may have. Let me look right here, right here. Okay, let me ask you a few questions. Let's talk about restaurants. Would you be willing to wait for a really good restaurant a half hour, or would you just eat somewhere kind of crappy because you could get in right away? What do you think? The look on people's faces when they wait in line is like, is just, what are, are you going to eat or to stand quietly? Have you ever uttered the phrase, get off my lawn? No. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've said, but I didn't mean like old man, like, get off my lawn. I meant more like, this is my property, so get off my lawn. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this for you. You have early onset grumpiness. What? Early onset grumpiness, EOG. You're gonna to begin to enjoy fewer and fewer things in your life. You'd be saying things like, who are these people? Who are those people? That's the, I mean, it's a real question. The only reason you leave the house is to see classic old movies, and even then you'll say, it had some good parts, but all in all, it was fairly uneven. Even. You're very young to have EOG. Your life is gonna change forever. Is there anything I can do? Normally we try meds, but you're too young for them. You seem kind of grumpy, are you a grump? Yeah, but I'm a very old man, I'm 83. I'm sorry, I'll notify your family. Don't, don't notify my sister, she didn't even pick up the phone half the time, she gives people a hard time. Early onset grumpiness is something that can affect all of us. It can hit any gender, it can hit you at any age, it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, if you are unhappy, ill at ease, or feel argumentative, unable to concentrate, you may want to seek another way of looking at the world around you. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, looking at things through the lens of gratitude. And, uh, you know, for some of us, it comes very easily. For others of us, uh, not so much. And I want to do this in three ways with you today. I want to look at some scripture with you from the Gospel of Luke. I want to look at uh, an exercise that helps us to hold a mirror up to ourselves and figure out uh, how we are in terms of optimism versus pessimism. And I want to wind up by uh, asking a friend to join me and offering some practical ways in which we can express gratitude to other people. So first, we're going to look at some Scripture together from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter, a story about uh, Jesus and ten lepers. Now, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. Let me just say a word about that. Samaria and the Jews of Galilee, they didn't like each other. They didn't get along. And so this idea that you and I are living in a time where it seems like there's a lot of polarity among people, differences among races, lots of fear, lots of anxiety, different religions, that is not a new thing. That's as old as the Scriptures. 
But what I want to point out to us this morning is that the Scripture says that Jesus went between the region of Galilee and Samaria. I would suggest to us that Jesus is not going to tell us how to vote. Jesus is not going to give us the answers on how to think. But if we follow Jesus, Jesus has a way of walking between the polarities. Jesus has a way of walking in the region between people that divides people. I just love that about Jesus, that Jesus walks between the region, between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. In that day, leprosy was all too common of a disease. And when you were stricken with leprosy, you were required to stay away from people. So on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was... I've lost myself here in the Scripture. So anyway, on the way to Jerusalem... Jesus was going through the region of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leopards approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, the priests were not just spiritual leaders. They were also recognized in the day of having the authority of understanding whether someone was well. So a priest was someone that not only helped you to find forgiveness for your sins, but they verified whether you were physically well or not. And so when Jesus says to the lepers, go show yourself to the priests, it's a real act of faith for them to do that because they're not well, they're not healthy. But the scripture says, as they went their way, they were made clean. Do you see how the, their act of faith led them to receive healing. As they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was, not, was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Interesting, isn't it, how suffering unites people? Suffering doesn't uh, discriminate. Suffering hits all kinds of people. Race, creed, color. And when suffering comes upon us, it has a way of uniting those who suffer. In this case, there's nine Jews and one Samaritan that's suffering from leprosy. What's striking in the story is that of the one that returns, he's the Samaritan. He's the outsider. <laughs> He's the outcast. He's the one that's not of our religious group. He's, he's not the one in our nationality. And the other nine don't seem to bother 
to be thankful. And so Jesus asks the question, were not ten healed? Where's the other nine? All ten are healed physically, but only one is pronounced well by Jesus, the one that expresses gratitude. Let's ask ourselves the question this morning, how well are we? How well are you today? Uh, what makes a person well, really? A proverb says it this way, a cheerful heart is good like medicine, but a crushed spirit drives up the bones. So there is something about gratitude. There's something about cheerfulness. There's something about joy. There's something about carrying a tune in her heart that has something to do with wealth and health and goodness. It has a difference, makes a difference on us. But what do we do when we're going through a tough time? What do we do when we're carrying a burden? And by the way, I don't see anybody here this morning that doesn't carry a burden. Be kind to everyone. Everyone's carrying a burden. Some of us are just carrying tougher burdens than others. And we go through seasons of life where it just is, it's hard. So what do you do when it's hard? Hard at work, hard in your family, hard to make a living, hard to figure things out. What do you do? One of the books that I love to go to in the Bible is 2 Corinthians when I'm struggling with ingratitude. What I love about the book is the Apostle Paul, as he writes this, is going through a hard time. It's in this book that he says that uh, God gives us grace and we have a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Or God's grace is sufficient for us when we're going through a hard time. It's in this book where Paul says, I've learned not to rely on my own strength, but on the strength of the power of the one who raises the dead. Love that. And it's in this book that Paul writes these words about what he's going through and others like him when he says, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, yes, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So what do you do when you get the props knocked out from underneath you? You get up again. What do you do when you're perplexed? Well, you, you don't give in to it. You don't give up. You know, one would think that there's a natural correlation between having the good life, having lots of good stuff, going through a good time, having a good season in our life, and being grateful. But there's little indication that there's a correlation between having good things and being grateful. In fact, we can go to places in this world. We can go to places like Haiti. We can go to places like Nicaragua. We can go to places like Mozambique, where I mean the poorest of the poor. Have scarcely nothing. And yet are some of the most joyful, grateful people you can imagine. So, what do you do? What do you do no matter who you are, 
how cheerful you naturally are or how grumpy you may be this morning. To recognize what you got going for you, the good things. There's an exercise I want us to talk about for a moment, and that's Erwin McManus's exercise that's on the front of your Pray, Study, Grow. I'd like for you to take this out if you're watching this uh, online or if you're at Renovate, still look at this. And I love the way Erwin McManus just kind of spells it out where he talks about the reality that there are people that tend to be more pessimistic, there are people that tend to be more optimistic. And so what he says for every one of us to do is to make two lists. He says, make a list where everything is good in your life. Just write it down. All the good things that's going on in your life. And also, he makes another list. He says, make a list of all the things that are bad in your life. Recognize that as well. And then he says, you know, step back from this and ask yourself these questions. Which list is longer? And which list came more naturally? Now, what might factor into this is what? The reality that sometimes we're going through a real tough season of life. And there's some really bad things that might happen to us. And it may also indicate that we have a natural tendency in some way to either be more optimistic, the glass is half full, or we may have a personality that says the glass is half empty and we're more pessimistic. Now, Jesus asked the question, were not ten healed, where are the nine? So you're, if you're among the nine, you might be able to identify with me that I, I can be pretty good at being pessimistic. I can be pretty good at wearing and taking a dim view of things. I mean, I can wear these shades even when it's cloudy or whether it's even inside. And it can affect my viewpoint very easily. So uh, studies clearly indicate that if you're the average person, you complain seven times more often than you express gratitude for something. So am I the only problem, only one of this problem, or is there somebody else in the room too that has this trouble? So what do we do when our list of things that are tough are more difficult for us? How do we rid ourselves of the dim point of view. Well, there's a scripture that McManus quotes in the heart of what he has to say here that I think changes everything. It certainly changes everything for me. That I know the plans I have made for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So when I'm at my worst, when I'm left to my natural patterns of pessimism, if I can become spiritually grounded and I remind myself that God is for us, not against us, he that did not spare his only son but gave himself up for all of us, will he not freely give us all things? When I'm able to step back and I, and I realize that this personal God that I know and experience 
has a plan and a purpose for my life, I recognize that there's a lot of bad things that happen in this world and bad things that might happen to me that has nothing to do with God's will. But I also believe in a God that works all things together for good to those that love him, to those that are called according to his purpose. And so it begins to shape my thinking and the way that I look at life and the way that I look at people. So what is the ground of your being? What is it that you go to? Who is it that you go to? Do you have that faith in a God that is good? Do you know that God in a personal way that helps you through the tough stuff and helps you to live faithfully in the good stuff as well as when things are not so good? And I love the way McManus winds this up by saying, you know, you... Write down every good and beautiful thing that ever happened to you. Wow. Take time to record everything you've learned and gained from your hardships and your failures. That's so important. We all fail. I don't want any failure or any hardship go unwasted. I want to learn from those things. I want to learn those lessons from those things. Begin the practice of identifying every good and beautiful act or experience that comes your way. Look and greet the day with your eyes wide open at the blessing that God has coming your way. Train yourself to see life as a miracle by thanking God continuously for your life. And see the world through God's eyes by always finding the hope and joy in every circumstance. To have a grateful heart, to be able to acknowledge and recognize the blessings, and to know that come what may, God is for us and not against us. That changes everything. And so when our hearts are full of gratitude, how do we begin to express that gratitude with other people? At this point, I want to invite LaDonna Griner to come up and join me, and we're going to talk about some specific ways in which we can express Gratitude to other people. Thank you, LaDonna, for joining me today. LaDonna is a part of our Schweitzer family, and she has written the book, 21 Reasons to Say Thank You, to Say Thanks. And um, one of the things I really appreciate about LaDonna is that it was after she lost a job. It's when things were going really tough in her life that... Uh, she found it within herself to write this book about gratitude. So why 21 reasons? Well, you form a habit. 21 times, once a week for 21 weeks. Hopefully you've experienced some of the benefits of gratitude and you realize that this is a good thing to add to your life and so you've established a habit and you continue doing it. So one of the things that you, uh, or several, several ways you talk about ways of creating context or integrating gratitude in your life. So what's some of the practical ways that uh, you uh, suggest we do that? 
Well, the best way is to wake up in the morning, just lay there for a few minutes and just meditate and think about the good things that are going to happen to you that day, about the great people you're going to meet, the great experiences you're going to have. If you have something that's a challenge in your life, pray with affirmation that God will bring that into your life. If it's a, let's say it's a new car, a car that runs or a better car that you need a new car, thank God for that car that he's going to bring into your life. Thank God for the people, the weather, the, you know, different good things that are in your life. Just look for the good. Be one of those pest, uh, optimists. <laughs> All right. One of the things you talk about is uh, taking a dry eraser and writing uh, on the mirror in your home. Yes, I came up with this. I probably read it somewhere. I don't remember, but um, my husband and I are blessed to have separate bathrooms, which is great. And that is a very good thing. <laughs> very grateful for that. Yeah. And sometimes I run out of toilet paper and I don't get it changed and I forget every time I go in there. And he happened to notice one day that I was out, so he refilled it for me. I was very grateful when I went into the bathroom to find that he had refilled my toilet paper. So I went in on his mirror and I wrote, Thank you for refilling the TP. I didn't have to drip dry. <laughs> so I knew when he read it because he laughed too. <laughs> but it's great if you can thank your family. Sometimes we forget about our family. We take things for granted, uh, like refilling the toilet paper. We take things for granted, taking out the trash or doing the dishes or fixing a meal. Sometimes we take those things for granted. So. If you can find fun ways to show your gratitude and show your appreciation and let that person know that you value them and that you really do notice the things that they do, large or small. One of the things that you talk about is like when you're on the run and uh, something happens that's unexpected. Mm -hmm. And it's important just to, to express thanks as something occurs. So would you talk about this little card just for a moment? Yes, we have one for everybody this morning. I hope you'll stop by the desk and pick one up and use it this week. And what it says is, on the front it says, you are one of my 21 reasons to say thank you, which is the series, uh, the name of the series that I have. And on the back it says, thank you for, and then you fill in the blank. And you write in what you're thanking them for, what you appreciate about what they did or what happened. Uh, someone once told me that they used to leave notes on the windshields of people's car when they parked badly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can use this to put a note on a windshield and say, thanks for parking in your space, or you know, thanks for putting your card up if you see someone putting up the shopping cart. Just little things like that that you really do appreciate but you take for granted. Or tape it on the mirror at home to your, for your kids and put a thank you note for them on there. Mm. Just use these to brighten someone's day. So one of the persons you quote in your book is Margaret Cousins, and I love this quote where Margaret Cousins says, Appreciate, appreciation can make a day, even change a life. Your willingness to put into words is all that is necessary. I remember Mark Twain said, I can go one month on a compliment. Yes. And you wonder how many people never really receive a sincere genuine thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I'd love for you to do, LaDonna, is walk us through some basic tips on how to write a thank you note. And all of you, all of us have been given a card. 
And so uh, I want us to listen to how to write the thank you note of appreciation. Uh, so we'll know what to do with this card. Well, if you're like me, a lot of times you have the thought to write a thank you note, but you don't have everything in one place. Well, pastor's given you the, everything that you need this morning. I'm sure there's pins on the back of the pew if you need them to write a thank you note because it's a very simple process to do. The, main, the, one, the first thing you want to do is to be specific. Tell them specifically what, whoever you're thanking, tell them what you're thanking for, them for. Don't just say, great sermon today, pastor. Tell him why it was a great sermon if you write a note to your pastor. Don't just say, uh, thanks for all you do. Tell them what it is that they do that you appreciate and why you're thankful for it and why you value that. <clears throat> and then keep it simple. It could be just three basic sentences, just letting them know why you appreciate them. Be positive and sincere. This is really important. Think about how you appreciate what they've done and the reason if they made a sacrifice to do it for you let them know I understand that you had to stop what you were doing to bring me my lunch at school the other day or stop what you were doing to uh, listen to me sometimes listening can we take it for granted when we just someone listens to us that's a great gift too and be keep the content kind pure and appropriate this is not the place for Thanks for unloading the dishwasher, but I wish you would do it every day. <laughs> you know? uh, it's not the place for the constructive criticism. This is a time when you really want to appreciate what that person's done, and you really want them to know how much you appreciate it. And then review the note. If you read it over and you could give it to just anyone, then you really haven't been specific enough or you haven't been sincere enough. You want this to, this is a gift. A thank you note or a note of appreciation really is a gift to someone. And it's, it really can make their day. I've just, you know, people kind of expect me to say thank you. Um, and I gave one of these cards to someone the other day. And you would have thought I'd given her a hundred dollar bill. I mean, she was just ecstatic. She wasn't expecting me to give her this note. Studies show that the dopamine in your brain, the so those cells fire uh, more often, and you get a, a greater high from the note of appreciation or from the thank you if it's a surprise. So if you're, I'm expecting a thank you from you, that's one thing, and that's nice. But if it's a surprise, it's like, oh, wow, it, it's a gift. So those are the... Three, those are just the basics of writing the thank you note. It's very simple. Well, one of the things I love about your book and your whole approach, LaDonna, is you're, you're not theologizing about gratitude. You're not theorizing about it. You're just giving really practical, everyday ways to give thanks and express that thanks. It doesn't take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to say to us this morning about gratitude? I'd like to, I'd like for us to try and reverse the statistic that you gave earlier about seven times uh, negative to one positive. Let's reverse that in our lives and find, discover how much happier we are. You know, it's not, it's uh, grateful people are happy. It's not happy people, and, and happy people are grateful. They go hand in hand because if you're filling your life with gratefulness and gratitude, you can't be negative because you can't be grateful and negative at the same time. 
you one or the other. So when, you, when those thoughts of greed or bitterness or sadness or uh, just negative, negative, negativity creeps into your mind, change your mind with a song, with a picture, uh, with a thought, and think on these things that are pure. Think on the good things in life, and you'll find you're happier and you have more joy. One of the things I did ask LaDonna to do is to bring packets with her today, which has her book and 10 thank you cards in it. And uh, she didn't ask to do this. I asked her if she would do this. And those are available at the table in the foyer that you may pick up. And I asked her what price it would be. And she said, well, I don't want to make any money whatsoever on this uh, for Schweitzer people. So I'll, I'll offer it for $17. I talked her up to 20 I just <laughs> Uh, so if you have $20 and you want to do that, you can see LaDonna uh, after the service. But this isn't about selling thank you notes and books. It's about how do we change our spirit? How do we change our hearts and, and really express thanks and gratitude to each other and to God? So there's two things I want to invite you to do. The first thing I want to invite you to do is I want you to, between now and Thanksgiving Day, to express your praise and thanks to God. Now, you can do that by writing your own psalm. You know, there's 150 psalms in the Bible. Why don't you write the 151st psalm? Or you might write a poem. Or you might draw a picture. Or if you're like me, you'll probably just write a note. <laughs> but between now and Thanksgiving, would you do that? in expressing your thanks and praise to God. LaDonna um, asked this question, what if we stopped being religious and started being grateful? Praising God, looking for things to thank Him for instead of grumbling and complaining and judging. That's a great what if question. The second thing I want us to do, invite you to do now, is to take this thank you card we've all been given. And I want to invite you to think of some specific person in your life and to write a note of appreciation to them at this time. Take a few minutes. We're going to give you that time right now. There's pins in the pews. We're going to ask those tips for writing a thank you note to reappear on the screen. And take a moment now to express a sincere, specific word of thanks and praise to somebody you know in your life. Let's do that now. So you may or may not have had an opportunity to finish that note, but hopefully all of us have had a chance to start that thank you note. What I want to invite you to do is to stand with me right now and I'd like for you to hold this note up to God. Please stand with me and just <clears throat> hold the note up in your hand. <clears throat> God, we want to express to you our gratitude for the greatest gift, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of life. 
And we do thank you for the many blessings that you give to us. So many things that we take for granted. We pray, God, that as we move toward Thanksgiving, that you would cause us as a people to be truly grateful and thankful. God, I pray that you would help us as we write a, a note to you to, to consider sharing that note of praise, that our gratitude that we have for you to someone else, maybe even at the Thanksgiving table. Help us to learn how to witness our faith to family and friends. So that our celebrations of Thanksgiving is more than food and football, but a true expression of thanks from grateful hearts, which is the reason the holiday was created. And God, I pray that you would take this note that we hold in our hand and you would bless the person that receives it. that they would understand our sincere gratitude to them for who they are and what they mean to us and their contribution to others. And I pray that through the expression of these notes that not only is their heart lifted up, but our hearts become more full a praise to you and gratitude for them. This we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.